Well, hey there, and welcome to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Micah Blanc. Super excited that you're here. Today on the show, I have Vinny Chopra. Uh, nickname is Vinny Smile Chopra because he's always smiling. He's also almost 68 years old. He has unending energy. He owns $330 million of commercial real estate, including multifamily, of course, but other types as well. He manages his own property, so he's got a deep oversight of what's happening right now with the coronavirus to his own portfolio. Uh, is he buying right now? Is he seeing opportunities? Uh, what kind of issues is he seeing in the multifamily space in the short term? And what does he see for the more medium term as well? Plus, we talk a lot about mindset. That's a big thing about him, especially positivity and what he thinks is necessary to get through these challenging times and how it's possible that challenging times can actually make us better people and many other things we talk about on the show. So let's get right in the show with Vinny Chopra. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Block. Dealmaker Live is now virtual. That's right. We moved our in-person event completely entirely online at dealmakerliveevent.com. So grab tickets. They're most affordable right now and go up as time goes. We have the same lineup of amazing speakers. Uh, Robert Helms from The Real Estate Guys, Brandon Turner, Bigger Pockets, Joe Fairless, and many, many others are going to join us online. And we got some really cool networking opportunities to using some super fancy technology that I'm excited about. It's like, man, how do we recreate some of this networking that we're going to miss out on? And I think we're going to get darn close. So it's going to be the event of the year is dealmakerliveevent.com, virtual now. So grab over there, head over and grab your tickets as well. So without further ado, let's get in this rocking podcast interview with Vinny Chopra. Vinny, welcome to the show today. Oh, thank you, Michael. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be back on your show. We did one together. And last year, you invited me to your Dealmakers Live that was a great, great convention and so many great enthusiastic people I met there and it was great to be on the stage also with you. Yeah. Well, that's great, Vinny. And it's uh, no shock to me, giant surprise that you're smiling from ear to ear. Uh, it's great to see you. You look great. And so uh, we're going to have Dealmaker Live this year, but it's going to be virtual. Uh, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, have a look at it. We have the ability to go virtual. It's going to be fun. Not quite the same as, as you know, sharing no. a drink with you and looking you in the eye, but it's going to be, it's going to be somewhat close. So we're going to, we're going to try to do that. So uh, I'm really pleased that you're here, Vinny, and uh, you have so much uh, uh, experience in your life. So many experiences, both good and bad. You've been through good times and bad times. And now it's kind of a, kind of a bumpy road and uh, you own, you know, hundreds of million dollars of multi real estate. You're also self-managing. So you have, you see a lot of stuff. I want to kind of, uh, in a big picture, I want to get your opinion on what you think the short-term impact of what we're going through with the coronavirus is going to be. I think long-term, the consensus, we're going to be fine and great. The question yes. is, how are we going to fare over the short-term and how is short-term really defined? But how do you assess the impact uh, to your properties and your investors? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Totally, totally, Michael. You know, as you know, yeah, we are vertically aligned. So we have been managing every single acquisition. I've done 28 of them, you know, in my career. And I wanted to mention that. I don't know if your audience knows or not, but I started in the crash of 2007 and I didn't know anything about anything. I mean, cash on cash, cap rate, LOI, letter of intent. My friend even told me or shared with me on a napkin in a restaurant, Vinny, this is LOI, 
you do this, you write these terms, blah, blah. I said, okay, I'm going to learn this, you know, and I'm so happy to kind of be with you from 14 units I purchased in the crash for $180,000. I sold it for $380,000 later on after four or five years. And now I have, you know, about 4,100 units from 14 to 4,100, about 330 million, we could say, you know, but you're right. What we are trying to do is we have our own team members at every asset, our community managers, leasing agents, and we started implementing the remoteness. You know, our offices are open, but outside it says it's locked. So our community managers are inside, leasing agents are inside, but they deal with the residents remotely by email, by phone, and virtual touring they are giving. Uh, we are also making sure that we ease up, you know, with our residents case by case basis. We're going to be dealing with April 1st rent coming up. So we have been having more meetings with our training staff, training them, and also passing out a lot of great flyers. My daughter is fully involved in our business now for the last four or five years, and she's taken over a lot of responsibilities. And then our accounting department, accounts payable department. So everybody's working as a team. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, now, you've been through the last recession, uh, as have I. And it yes. was very unsettling, disconcerting. And I wasn't emotionally prepared for something like that. When I got started in you know, 2005, 2006, I was the eternal optimist, had happy ears on. And I had never once read any kind of my leases I signed for my restaurants that were, of course, personally guaranteed. So when the recession hit, it took me by major surprise. And it created uh, major emotional distress for me. So I feel like I'm much more prepared for something like this. How did you fare in 2008? And how did you deal with the fear? In fact, it sounds like you were actually buying during uh, the time where basically everybody else was dumping stuff as quickly as possible. How did you How did you deal with that time emotionally? And how are you dealing with it now? Okay, good point. Uh, Michael, to be truthful, at that time, I didn't have much money, didn't have much experience, had zero investors. I mean, the whole bit, right? I was just learning this art of multifamily uh, from our 2006 and seven, and then eight, we had some great deals come on my desk. Actually, one time I had raised 1.7 million. I remember, oh, it's before the crash of 2008. Monday morning, I lost it about 60% of that over the weekend, and I could not get that property. It was a great asset in Dallas which was fully renovated, 104 units. I still think about it many times. But anyway, what it was that I didn't know much about it. See, that's the thing. We were looking for just getting into multifamily. We said, where is the best employment? And Odessa and Midland showed up on our radar. That's where we went. So we bought the 14 units over there for 180,000 back in that time. Then we bought 109 units and storage units also. So that's what kind of propelled us. So we were naive. Come 10, 12 years later now, 12 years, I'm very cash rich and uh, you know the net worth and everything. So nothing is worrying me at all that you know if the things happen, we'll be able to live through this. And it's also, let's just make sure we are really keeping our mind right because it's going to pass. It's going to take two months, three months, four months. But, you know, 
the apartment business which you are in and I am in is the best business in any downturn, in recession, because people need the shelter over their head. It's not going to be like the one in 2007 and 8 where people lost homes, rental homes were stated income. You know how it is. People just walked away, right? It's a whole different semantics. Now, on so, the other hand, the, the devil's advocate is one of the things that's different a little bit now is yeah. that people literally may not have a job. If you're in the uh, retail or restaurant or yes. travel, you literally, we had a, a restaurant, had five, uh, it was a, a fine dining, had four or five mm -hmm. locations. They laid off 175 workers last week, you know? Yeah. And so there's people who literally don't have a job right now. And so they literally, while they need shelter, may not be able to make, afford it right now. So true. So true, Michael. And, you know, all apartment owners need to look into all that. We had meeting this morning. We are talking to our lenders. Of course, Fannie Freddie has already passed this morning, you know, a good bulletin that we, they'll be able to forbear for six months and then it will be added on to the back or like that or we'll pay. The other thing is talking to even the local banks because they are more involved in their local communities and they know people are hurting. So I think we should be able to get like my accounts payable manager. She's talking to the mortgage departments, of course, and also the utilities. That's the other big one. We don't want our apartments to not have electricity and water and things like that. So I think I've always been an optimistic guy, as you all know. But the thing is, let's be realist but do everything in our power to reach out to the authorities to get some reprieve and also deal with the residents. Uh, of course, seniors will keep on getting their money just like that. If they were not working before, now also it's the same thing. So they should be the first ones to pay and pay remotely or through, uh, you know, debit card, things like that, right? The second thing is to deal with each resident and I know we cannot evict anybody. I mean, that's a given. So we should be able to look at different ways. If they miss the rent this month, we should put that and say, hey, we'll tack on this rent. You, have, you will be here for six more months as your lease says. Let's divide that by one-sixth and add on to the rent. So there are different ideas on the internet that people are sharing, and it's always great to find different creative ways to help the residents who are by the order of the government, you know, uh, federal government, not to go to work. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think I think we have we have an ability to really kind of do the right thing by taking care of our tenants. You know, if they are good tenants and they've been making payments, and now all of a sudden they can't because they're affected by that. Gosh, we want to we want to do right by them. We want to keep them in there. And as entrepreneurs, like you said, we're constantly trying to make stuff work. And we know if we can get through the next two, three, four months, it's a yeah. temporary blip on the radar. I mean, I mean, if you look at the Dow, the Dow Jones, it's lost uh, 30, a third of its value. We're now where we were at the very mm -hmm. beginning of 2017. It's staggering. The loss of capital, you yes. know, and, and should investors in multifamily syndications be concerned about something similar with multifamily syndications? You know, good point. I think so. You're right. Because see, the thing is the buying power uh, dictates the value, right? The cap rates and everything. Of course, the lending is pretty tough now. I mean, I had a you know, big offer and uh, two offers actually in Texas property that I've been selling. I just sold two over there. Then I just sold one in Atlanta and I have another one 
on sale and, you know, and good people met with me and, you know, we'll see the interest and so forth. That the thing is that we need to take it in good stride. I think that's how I say it will not maybe come back to the value we would have gotten before coronavirus because there was a lot of demand is the word. But if you're buying right in the right opportunity, like we bought two last year, we are not worried about it at all in Florida, $52 million deal and $35 million deal in December. And we know that we'll be fine. You know, we'll be fine. It's the C class or C minus class that is will be hurting, you know. And we hopefully, you know, again, we were talking about an interview yesterday. The thing is, this is the right time to find if the hard money is not coming to you to take some loan from the family, from the people, and so forth to uh, pass through these three months. You know, wherever, uh, wherever, if you are cash poor, look for people who can let you borrow, you know, some money to pass through this uh, three, four months, what we are looking at. But it's going to be a repercussion. I just read the review. You know, in 2008, it was a U, kind of like a big U. But we are thinking this is going to be a V. Yeah, I think it's going so to too. Go down and up. I totally agree. I mean, 2008 was sustained. It dragged yeah. on for, I mean, years, two two years oh, easily. Oh, and, wow. and, you know, as soon as this thing passes, everyone's going to come out of their house. They're going to go back to the gym. They're going to go back to the restaurants. And they're going to have to rehire everyone they had to let go. And it's going to be, I think, fundamentally, there's nothing I see fundamentally wrong. I think yeah. we have a short-term cash flow problem in America right now. It's a cash flow problem. It has nothing to do with a net worth balance sheet or anything or the health of the economy, but it, it, there's, a, there's a, a cash flow problem. And, you know, for us uh, and, for, you know, for you is we never want to run out of cash, right? So we want to make sure we have enough cash reserves to get through the next whatever months we have to get through, and then we'll be fine. Yes. And, and yes. I think uh, we have to help our tenants get through that as well by working with them as well by you know, possibly educating them about programs that are out there that can help them as, as well. So, and mm-hmm. please educate your residents and give yep. them all the places they could go in the county. Like in Texas, we have several properties there. Yep. We were talking to my asset manager and she said, you know, it's quite easy to get unemployment right now. So right. Right. You know, please don't just sit in your home, but try to make phone calls, get your applications in, things like that. Because government is going to give you and because of what we are going through. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think that V is really, it's going to be stemmed by by government subsidies and making it easy to get unemployment. So I think we'll see a dip in net operating income. I, I do. I mean, I think it would be naive to think that there is not. But I don't think it's going to be catastrophic. There will be a, a short-term blip in the radar and it's going to come back. Now, you uh, currently selling properties, you know, they're going to go, crap, I wish I had sold that thing, you know, six weeks ago. But uh, <laughs> at the same time, while you're a seller, you're also a buyer. Yes. And so how do you assess the buying opportunities in the next few months, Vinny? They'll be amazing, amazing. I'm telling you, Michael, I mean, everybody listening to us, hopefully you get it in time. It's the right time for the cash people. I just returned $4 million last week to my investors because I was going to go with this uh, new adult living program. And I just said, no, I don't want to get into condo, you know, making them first of all and then selling one at a time because I've kind of shied away from the single family and gotten into multifamily. But I'm very excited about the senior living, which is like ground up, 
with 100 units or 90 units and so forth. We are going through permits and all that. We're going to go ahead with four projects still. We are already planning on starting in June, July. Hopefully, we won't be in a big turmoil, but we'll get it going, you know. So it's a great opportunity to have your investors, talk to your investors, and feel the temperature because some of them are really, really scared like heck because they had a lot of their earnings or savings in the stock market, in the you know uh, mutual fund or whatever like that. But some not so greedy people took their money out. And in my case, I took a lot of money out of the market, you know? So I did not put, I was only 20% invested in market. So that's something good that, you know, some people have taken that money out and they will not like to put it back. They would like to put in a good asset, which won't go down so fast. Exactly right. And that's why we're both very excited about the multifamily syndication thing. You know, there are so many people who have historically just invested in the stock market because they didn't know any better. Not financial yes. advisors, that's what they advise them. Our hope, would, Vinny, if you and I do our job properly, is to yes. educate the America, essentially, about an alternative investment to the stock market, which is a lot better. And, uh, and so now we can see that. We can assess, I think, I mean, I think we can definitely see it once we're through this. We'll, we'll, we'll compare the two literally through this period and multifamily syndications will come out ahead. And literally, hopefully, it'll make our jobs easier and get more people in multifamily syndications, which makes our job a little harder because we got to find more stuff to buy. Uh, Vinny, yeah. are, you, are, are you doing ground up development? Are you mm -hmm. buying any multifamily right now? And, and how do you, how do yes. you uh, what's your outlook yeah. on your ability to buy stuff? Not too good, not too good, because we've been underwriting, Michael, for the last three months, three and a half months, religiously. Several, several deals have come on my desk and my team's desk. We are underwriting, we are talking to our lenders, everything, but haven't really found, uh, you know, that nugget that we need to take our investors in. Because investors appreciate when you are very cautious and it's their hard-earned money, but we are the ones, we have fiduciary responsibility for their money. So that's why they appreciate that. You know, last year also, I mean, 2018, I couldn't buy nothing, could not buy anything. Everybody was overpaying, overpaying. Last year, we bought two big ones. This year, we were planning to buy three or four, haven't been able to buy even one. But we'll be ready. And we always are looking at new deals, new, you know, avenues. Yeah. Well, Vinny, the, the year's not over yet. And yeah, uh, literally not. in the last few days, we, we've been struggling like you have in finding deals as well. Uh, we were in the best and the final and a few of them lost them. And But however, literally in the last few days, we've seen a change in seller behavior both around their willingness to extend due diligence for practical matters. For example, getting a lender yeah. on a plane. You can't get a lender on a plane anymore. Well, how, how no. that's going to take time. Financing contingency, just a consideration from financing, which has been off the table for the last five years because sure. we don't really know what's going to happen to capital markets. And oh, by the way, if there is a reduction in NOI, property prices are going to go down. And yes. couple that with fear where sellers are like, oh, crap, I think I missed the window opportunity. I better sell now before it gets worse. We're seeing an interesting dynamic right now in the market where I think over the next few months, we're gonna, it's going to shake loose some buying opportunities. They will, Michael. And also, you know, the due diligence crew, I mean, you know, inspectors, the appraisers, right. I mean, you know, with all this distancing and everything, and it will be hard you know, to be able to go into the units where 
families living in there, they are not working, so that it's empty and you can go in and out quickly, things like that. So you're right, these are repercussions. But I would say that, you know, the owners to hold tight, I mean, as best as you can, because this is a transient thing. I mean, it will not, uh, I didn't like the m message that came out today from Texas governor about, hey, we'll sacrifice some seniors. I'm a senior, <laughs> you know, I didn't like that. But anyway, we need to keep our chin up and, uh, you know, to be able to live through this small bad dream that we have with the invisible army, enemy we call it, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about living, uh, you know, kind of living through this situation. Yeah. And I, I know I know you talk a lot about the importance of mindset, Vinny. Yeah. Uh, in times like these, like what, what are things with regards to mindset that you feel are really important that people should, uh, should pay attention to right now? I would say, you know, not only the physical distance. I know we are all secluded and locked down in our homes and offices. Like I dress up. I dress up. That's I see I that. You look great. Thank you. And, you know, I get up in the morning, early morning. I do my miracle morning, just like before, my exercise, my yoga, my gratitude, the whole thing, Michael. And then yesterday was my busiest day. I was working 12 hours. Every hour I had a meeting. Every hour I had a meeting. Some interviews, some others. So I look at every day as if this is the best time. I can spend more time with the family, with the you know children remotely. We even do, I don't have my wine glass here, 6 p.m. We do the toasting, remote toasting with the buddies. So I have sent this, my friends, we used to get together, 10, 15, 20 of us. Now we do it on Zoom. And we enjoy and talk about jokes and things. I mean, we could make the best of it. A lot of people want to get into hobbies or they want to find out more about writing blogs and books. This is the time that we can really utilize. It will never come back again. It will not come back again. But this next two, three months, we could take care of our mind, our spirituality, our physical happiness. We need to make sure of eating right, exercising, but also emotionally, we need to be more positive. The best people ever, ever, ever can do is to go on Google and on YouTube. Just say, you know, I want to get a positive message on YouTube. It's going to make them, you know, change their state of mind just like that because so many people are putting some good messages. And actually, I'm going to be doing with a panel every week on Monday, Facebook Live starting next week. We just did one yesterday about putting a spin on the how we can utilize time that's why on Facebook also, I'm putting a lot more things and articles so that people can read and do with their children at home. I think it's a, it is a wonderful time. I think we're going to look back and, and say, my gosh, that was an interesting opportunity because for reasons you mentioned, we're being forced to stay at home. Our children are forced to stay at home. And while we feel like it's curbing our freedoms, and maybe it is, it's also forcing us to you know, spend more time with our families. It, it allows us now to actually do and invest in ourselves in the way you said. So I, I, th I think instead of being maybe angry or bitter about the situation, why don't we try to learn to make the best of it? So true, Michael. So very true what you just said. I mean, we cannot, we could not control this. I mean, you know, the only way we can control it, I'm so sad to see that the governor of Florida now said the beaches need to be emptied. 
he should have taken that step way before because we are figuring out some people had positive over there and they contaminated more people. So it's so sad that we need to really adhere. We should, you know, abide by the rules and regulations and, you know, not really mixing and gatherings should not happen. You're right. You know, the big thing is we need to really be as positive as we can. Of course, there are so many things going on. Everybody is stressed out. When we are stressed out, our body gives up. Our immune system goes down. So we do need to really keep our mind right and, uh, you know, and, and spend that time seclude, you know, ourselves if we are just, you know, ourselves in the home or if we are together with the family to find different ways to utilize and make it more productive. So Vinny, describe kind of your perfect day. You described the day yesterday that maybe was a little stressful, okay? But like, describe your perfect day and, and maybe it's your typical day, but maybe it's not necessarily your typical day. But talk about what's your perfect day. I would love to, love to. You know, Michael, in my thinking, I'm 67 right now. I'll be 68 coming up in August. So I, my new book is coming out, Positivity Brings Profitability, which I've been working on it, working on it. My the syndication made easy book is coming in Spanish, which I was working along. Then my two podcasts each week. So I've been recording. I'm getting more guests like Gene Trowbridge is going to be my guest. And then uh, our CPA is going to be guest this week. And then also Bill Manasero. And you are, you know, I'm on your show today. I mean, the thing is we can find things to do. So my perfect day is dealing with my departments, with my vice presidents of all the different businesses I own now, you know, not only in just the multifamily, in senior living, in hospitality, we just bought a hotel in Texas, Hilton Garden Inn. We were going to buy another one, which we're going to wait now a little bit in North Carolina. Then also I started a startup company in the Silicon Valley on cloud defense. So I meet with my board of, you know, over there. Then we also have a branding. I started a new company of uh, uh, branding 2030, not 2020, but Monil branding our, you know, how we could really help a lot of small business people to do the click funnels and to do all these media branding, which we'll need it very badly, by the way, you know, even more so. And so those kind of things. So I kind of keep myself busy, compartmentalized with few appointments. And then my VP of all the different businesses, we get together through texting or Zoom. And, uh, you know, I just look forward to it. If I have time, have lunch and this way, I sleep. Hold on. I forgot about that. I take a nap for about an hour or hour and a half and then get up and afternoon tea with my wife and with some biscuits and cookies. So it's a little bit slowed, but at the same token, the focus is there to make things happen. If that's the thing which everybody kept in mind, you know, I don't want to watch TV too much. TV is so negative, so negative right now. And don't look at the stock market that much. I've been buying, by the way, some because of the dropping and all. But the thing is, it's all how you want to set your day up. And then you live that day and enjoy at night, get up early. <laughs> Now, Vinny, why aren't you retired, Vinny? Honestly, I mean, why? Why? <laughs> you know, there's, 
There's so many things you could be doing. Why in the world do you get up every day to do what you do? You know, it's passion. I think it's love and passion. I would say I want to educate the masses. That's my main thing. I do want to help my big team right now is to help the seniors. I'm a senior, but 10,000 people are turning 65 every day in USA and around the world. So my passion right now is to show them different avenues through self-directed IRAs and retirement to invest in the senior dwellings. So I want to build senior dwellings. There is a big shortage of it and ask them to invest in the senior dwelling. So it's a double cause, you know? The other thing is when I retired, my wife said, Vidi, you're so excited. And I retired five years back. I don't need to work a day in my life right now, you know, and so forth. But I just enjoy it, Michael. I just love it. As I love it. What, what's important to you right now, Vinny? You know, right now, what's important is the health of our family, my fellow citizens, my teams. I mean, that's what I'm making decisions on based on all that. If somebody needs some help, I'll be able to put together like a, we did it in Harvey. Also like a fund, my wife and I donated in our company and we were able to buy some things to our employees team members some uh, trucks we bought some other stuff we gave for their you know they needed money for ration all that stuff so it's good time for as a good entrepreneur to be really vigilant who needs help in your team that's very very big the other part is that charities you know i think this is the right time for us to really give back to the society those of us who have made some good money you know and things like that the biggest thing is the knowledge i think people sometimes don't understand that you know they need to be honing in their skills this time this next three months are so important that they can come out as brand new person if they've been thinking about getting multifamily or whatever right real estate is a very good profession and investing and dealing with the investors a lot of people are looking for deals 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 but they don't really talk to and build their base of the investors see in my case i had zero investor in the crash i have 176 investors and i can raise eight to ten million in about two days you know, from them, same people again and again and again. And I bought and sold and given their money and doubled their money, tripled their money, blah, blah. So I would like to really challenge everybody to really go and talk to more people, get in their mind and see where they are at. They're hurting because of the stock market and other stuff. This is the right time to build your investor list. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. And now is a great time and it's going to be much easier to attract capital because of what's going on right now. And it's just a matter yeah. of educating people who are scared right now and they don't really know about multifamily syndications. I'm curious, sure. Vinny, you know, how has your definition of success changed over the years? So think back to earlier in your life and and compare that to now. How, how are the two different? I'm glad you said it. You know, uh, Michael, I've been a very positive person, happy person. My name is Vinod, by the way, in Indian language. That means happiness, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned it before. I didn't know that. My wife, my parents, you know, I mean, I always think about, okay, I'm living my name <laughs> all this time. I've been smiling all the time in my career. In 43 years back, I came here into this country with $7 with a dream, but 
the smile has really been my trademark and I have always felt like there is always things are happening in my life and everybody's life. But if we can just look for the small glimmer of positivity in anything happening, it will do wonders for our thinking. Because Zig Ziglar, like he said, you know, it's the stinking thinking above the neck. We feed so much, you know, good stuff, steaks and uh, salmon and good food. And we spend hundreds of dollars, you know, when we go to good, fine restaurants. But we don't really spend money above the mouth in our mind, in our thinking. And that's what I have done in my life. And a lot of other people, successful people, you know, they feel that, that getting the a good positive food into our mind is the best thing anybody could do. Anybody could do. So my thinking has changed in the sense I was making very little money and we were happy. I was making $10,000 straight commission. You know, when I started in this career in my promotional consultant days, and then I stayed with one company, motivational speaker. I was raising ton of money for nonprofit profit organizations. God was just getting me ready to raise millions. I look at it that way, which is what it's happening now. So giving like 11,000 speeches I've given in front of stages of 1,000 people with the microphone and the song and dance and the lights and action. I've done all those things, you know. So it's kind of fun. My goals have changed in happiness. I've been a happy person when I was making 10,000. My wife will tell you that. I was very happy when I was living in an apartment when I got married with cockroaches going all around. Pension didn't like it. My wife, she says, when can I get out of this apartment? So when our company gave us opportunity to move to California, she said, yes, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but, you know, it's good to make the lemonade out of lemon in every situation. But the big thing also I believe in, uh, Michael, is that God gives us all these trying times to get better, to grow out and grow our inner strength to tackle. And a lot of times I believe that if things cannot be controlled by me, then I don't want to worry about it. I want to just do best I can with the things I'm given, you know. And many times my thinking is what is happening right now, coronavirus, it had to happen. So it's here. So let's just do the very best to get rid of it. Just like pessimism, just like unhappiness or sorrow. I heard from a saint in India that, you know, sorrow likes to come in your life to make you mad, to keep you depressed, to stress you out. But if you are happy and you meet sorrow with happiness, sorrow is not going to stay in your life, in your door, in your home. I mean, it's just, you know, a mythological, we could look at metaphorically, right? If you can take sorrow with the best of the intention to not get bad, mad and things, sorrow is going to leave your home, in your life. You'll be more positive. You'll be better person. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And uh, one of my key lessons from the last recession was that I needed to trust God more and uh, essentially learn how to be at peace regardless of what is happening around yes. me. Yes. And it's such a powerful place to be because in places like this where the stress is very high potentially, 
yes. you being at peace and calm allows you to make better decisions. And, and I, I agree with you. And I, I don't love going through trying times. I, I don't really enjoy it. But now I'm literally asking the question, hey, what do I need? What am I supposed to learn here? You know, yeah. there's something about my character that needs to improve in some way. And that's why I'm experiencing this. What is it? Right. I, I look at it at life lessons and uh, it, you know, it puts a much better perspective on challenging times. No, it does. It really does. Michael, you're so right. You being the leader in your field and, you know, in my circle, the big thing is, you know, we need to really let people understand the concept of mind. You know, it's the mind that really lets us be at the high and the lows. I always have that saying, I say, don't get overly excited when things are going great in our lifetime with the family, with everything. Don't get overly excited and don't get utterly depressed when things are not that good. So having a balance in life really, really makes us a better person. Yeah, I totally agree, Vinny. Vinny, this has been really fun jamming you a little bit. It's great to see your smile again. How do people connect with you? Sure. You know, I mean, my website is vinnychopra.com, V-I-N-N-E-Y. Vinichopra.com and if they would like to text to me, that's to 474747. They could write any message to 474747. It'll get to me and my team. But if they want to learn from me or invest with me, we have learned to 474747. That is great, Vinny. Thank you so much. Real pleasure to have you on today. Thank you, Michael. It's such a pleasure. God bless you. Stay safe and healthy. And I'm looking forward to your web seminar coming up in July. And I would like to make an appeal to everybody listening to us. Please do register, register because we would like to have thousands of people. I know we had 550, I think in Dallas, but I really believe that with what's going on right now, right, Michael, we could increase that number to a thousand or 2000. Let's do it, buddy. Let's oh, do it. Oh man, that's a higher number than I thought in my head, Vinny, but now you put it out in the universe, it must be that way. So, all right, guys, yes. a thousand it is. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thanks, Vinny, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Michael, God bless you, bud. Well, and as Vinny said, Dealmaker Live is going to be the event of the summer. And you got to make sure you join us for that. Vinny is going to be part of that as well as an amazing lineup of speakers. You can grab your tickets to this virtual event at dealmakerliveevent.com. And my gosh, maybe we'll have a thousand people there because shoot, we can. So make sure you don't miss out. It's obviously going to be more affordable. You don't have to hop on a plane. You can buy the tickets right now and uh, get the lock in the best price that you can. That's at dealmakerliveevent.com. And if you're listening to this and you're like, my gosh, this Wall Street thing is crazy up and down, sideways down, is no better time to learn more about investing in multifamily. So if you're completely new about that and you stumbled this podcast, you want to know, well, what is all this thing? Then check out my free report. It's at uh, themichaelblank.com forward slash report. It's called, What's the Best Investment, uh, Stocks or Real Estate? And spoiler alert, the answer is going to be real estate, specifically multifamily, but it's going to educate you about the true returns of the stock market and really what multifamily syndications are all about. So head on over there. If you're ready to start investing with us, that's great. you got to curb your enthusiasm a little bit because we have to get to know you a little bit. You have to start first by joining our investment club at Nighthawk Equity. It's at nighthawkequity.com. And then click on the join button. You'll have a conversation with us, get to know you a little better, and we can share with you some upcoming opportunities that we have that we're really excited about. So make sure you check out and do that. 
We also opened up our Dealmaker Mastermind community. So if you're an active investor and you want to connect with like-minded entrepreneurs, the Dealmaker Mastermind is the way to do that. It's a super affordable $49 per month right now. We have several hundred uh, members in there. It's a very exclusive club because they're paying some money to be there. We've had many joint ventures come out of that. People are networking. Um, they're finding deals. or they're, they're connecting with capital raisers. It's a fantastic way to, in these times, to build your support network. And that's a great way to do it. It's at Dealmaker Mastermind, which is at themichaelblank.com forward slash DMM for short Dealmaker Mastermind. That is where our dealmakers congregate. And so if you're a dealmaker, then join the dealmakers. So anyway, I hope that helps you on your journey. Make the most of this time that we have to invest in ourselves and also to spend with our families. So with that said, you guys take care, stay safe out there, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.